welcome back to another episode of the Sports Ethos Celtics podcast. We are here today with the trade deadline extravaganza show. I'm here with my co-host Patrick Lonsbury. Patrick, how are you feeling after quite a hectic Thursday today? My blood was boiling. I was, are we going to make a move? Are we not going to make a move? What's going to happen? How many moves do we make? Who's on this team anymore? You know, it honestly was just a wild, wild day for me. I was at work checking my phone constantly, got in trouble a few times, but always worth it when it's involved in the Celtics. And I was just uh, very pleased to see Brad Stevens, blockbuster Brad, coming out, just doing some switching up on this roster. We knew this roster needed a little bit of shakeup, and we both agreed that playmaking was something that we needed the most, and we went out and got somebody that should improve that. Sorry, sorry. Can you say that one more time? Sorry. No, I just said that we we went out there and got somebody who can really improve the playmaking on this team. Um, really excited to get a guy like Derek White to to add to this team, and Brad really did a good job at adding to this. Oh yeah, and listen, uh, you know, I know some Celtics fans out there are upset. Maybe you know they, you know, we gave away too many draft assets in their eyes. Well. You know, honestly, we talked pre-show, and, you know, I've said this multiple times, you know, throughout the months, really, is that uh, the Celtics are not really in the market for, you know, picking a guy who they need to develop in the late 20s in the draft. We're much more looking for, you know, certified, you know, proven NBA talent, and Derek White is just that. And, Patrick, you know, I know you're sad to see Jay Rich go. I am, too. You know, that guy was great for the vibes. But um, once Celtics fans get a taste of Derek White, you know, getting to see him on the court, especially, you know, Paired up with Marcus Smart, Celtics fans are absolutely going to be eating their words if they thought we gave up too much for uh, for Derek White. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people haven't seen what Derek White is capable of. Also, Derek White has some chemistry with Jalen, Jason, and Marcus Smart being on that USA team back in 2019, uh, coming from the Popovich tree. So it should be a seamless uh, fit with him and Ime. I'm excited to see what he brings. Uh, he's really good in the pick and roll. I think uh, chemistry between him and Robert Williams and Daniel Tice can be really good. And, and mentioning Daniel Tice, we got him back, man. Uh, Tice is back. Lucas is probably even more excited about getting rid of a player than really getting Tice back. But uh, I'm really excited to have Daniel Tice back because he does a lot of the little things right. He's a pretty uh, good passer for his position as well and really unselfish player kind of a poor man's Robert Williams in a sense that gives some brim protection, really good at setting screens, pretty good at rolling and finishing at the rim. He's not going to blow you away with his athleticism, but he does the little things right. And I, I like the fit uh, in, in Ime's scheme. Oh yeah. And you know, um, I personally, I, yes, Patrick, you're correct. I loved seeing that Ennis Freedom was no longer employed by the Boston Celtics. Okay, that made me happy. But I was just equally as excited to get Tice back on the roster. Um, because if you think oh, only just a couple of years ago, Tice was our starting center when we made the Eastern Conference Finals. And I know it was a different team. We had some different players. But now he's sliding into that third big role, which I think he'll actually be very, very useful at. Like you said, you know, he's kind of like Rob in some senses. You know, he can set good screens. He can roll to the rim. He can protect the rim. And, you know, we saw Tice be able to make his threes at a decent enough clip, you know, around where Al Horford's shooting about 30%, 32%. So I can live with that too from Tice. You know, he's relatively switchable. He's not like uh, – he's definitely not Ennis Freedom when defending the pick and roll. So 
I was I was really happy to get Tice back in the building. And, uh, you know, he's somebody who's familiar with Jason and Jalen. You know, the guys really liked him. And uh, I think he did fill, you know, I do think it was the underrated need of the Celtics was that third big. You know, I don't think people are talking about it like they were the shooting and the playmaking. But nonetheless, a whole Celtics did a good job of addressing that hole. Uh, I do think there was only one thing that we weren't really able to address as maybe as much as we had liked. Uh, but maybe this team is able to do that in the buyout market, figuring that there's five roster spots that they do need to fill. But one of those things that the whole last hole I think that needs to really be filled is shooting. Like they just need to get a couple more shooters on this team to really help out the spacing. I know me and Lucas have talked about a couple people. Someone from within is Sam Hauser. Should uh, hopefully who's on a two-way contract get extended to uh, convert into an actual contract and stay on the team and take an actual spot on the roster. Another guy that we both uh, like and talked about almost immediately as he was waived today was Etwan Moore, who we are both very keen on. I think would be a good fit here in Boston as well. Take over that Jason uh, or Josh Richardson role. Yeah, Etwan Moore, you know, one of my all-time favorite college players, you know, drafted by the Celtics. Um, you know, I think he would be a good veteran for the locker room, but also could definitely give us spot minutes at that backup wing spot. Um, another guy who we just played the other day, you know, DeAndre Bembry, he was also waived by the uh, Nets today. I think he's, you know, definitely somebody we should keep an eye on. He's a really good defender. He can handle the ball. He cuts. He's, you know, a smart player. I think he would actually be really helpful for us, you know, coming off the bench. Definitely not a world beater, but that's not really what we're looking for here in the buyout market. And, you know, it's important to say that we gave a lot more players away than we got back today, you know, hence needing to convert Sam Hauser to fill a roster spot and looking at some of these bio options, you know, 10-day contract type of guys. So right now I believe the Celtics need to add three players before the game tomorrow um, if we can even want to play and not forfeit the game against the Nuggets. So definitely, you know, some more players are going to be added within the next 24 hours, no doubt. And Sam Hauser is probably, you know, the most likely one. Yeah, and on top of it, like, that just leaves more work for Brad. Brad did a lot of work today. I thought he did a good job maneuvering and getting some guys to help improve the roster, especially in his eight-man rotation, but also in the process of getting under the tax line. So the Celtics shouldn't have to be paying a repeater tax going into next season if they decide to go over that line in the offseason. So just overall a a great day for the Celtics front office, getting things done, maneuvering, getting around, and getting the right guys to come in here. I'm really excited, too, to see the fit with Derek White. And a lot of people are saying that that they should start him. And for me, necessarily, I don't think that you mess with that starting five because the starting five has been so good. You let it keep rolling. But the thing that's going to be really nice is that in those closing lineups where we can't put Al Horford out there and you want to throw out instead of Dennis Schroeder, you have Derek White to throw out there. So Marcus Smart, Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Robert Williams to close the lineup. I don't know, Lucas. That sounds pretty tasty. I mean, that is just a monstrous defensive lineup. I mean, any defensive lineup in which Jalen Brown is probably your worst defender, you know that is a dang good defensive lineup. Um, and I agree with you, Patrick. You know, I assume they're not going to touch the starting lineup given that they're like the best starting five net rating-wise in the league. 
honestly the best five man lineup in the league really with minimum uh, 150 minutes played you know if you are calculating by net rating but i do think like you're saying man that's how we're going to close games cuz al you know that that lineup looks a lot worse towards the end of games than the beginning of games you know people kind of you know pick on al horford they isolate him you know guards can kind of get him on an island and and you know break down the defense kick out and then you know the other teams are attacking closeouts we're well, not going to be able to do that against this new closing lineup um because for those who aren't really aware of who Derek White is, you know, we can just kind of give him a rundown. You know, he's a ball handler who can play the one or the two. Um, you know, I don't think – honestly, the, part of why I love Derek White so much is I don't know which one he's better at because he's quite good at both. Um, so he can lighten the playmaking load. He's an incredible defender. So just wait. Celtics fans are going to get a kick out of watching guards try to attack Smart and Derek White off the dribble because, honestly, those are two of the best five guards like when it comes to defense in the NBA and now that they are going to be sharing a backcourt together, you know, I think it's going to be a lot of trouble for uh, guards, you know, notably Trey young this coming Sunday, hopefully. Yeah. I'm very, very excited to see what uh, this team is going to look like. And just wanted to, to give some flowers out to, to some of the guys that we did end up losing, you know, Richardson, thank you for, you know, the effort that you did come to Boston with. I uh, appreciate the energy and all the things you did for Boston in a short amount of time. Really big vibes guy. That's why if you guys are here in the um, Spotify green room app, you can see the profile picture I have is for Josh Richardson. Big fan of Josh Richardson, Lucas and I are, and, and we were really happy to see him come to the Celtics and really bummed to see him leave, even though it is for Derek White. Also, you know, Dennis Schroeder, we had our ups and downs. Still uh, appreciate him coming and choosing the Celtics to give us a chance as well, and and also I'm I'm big sad because you know Romeo Langford is a guy that I was I was hopeful on for quite some time, and I hope he he really develops as a player in San Antonio and becomes a a viable player in a rotation. Yeah, no, I was definitely sad to see Jay Rich go, especially given you know. How, you know, I was pulling away for Jay Rich, you know, like in the beginning of the season, a lot of people were acting like, you know, Moses Brown, you know, and, you know, whatever pick that we sacrificed was really going to, uh, you know, hurt us. And they didn't like Jay Rich. He hasn't been good in years. Well, guess what? You know, Jay Rich gave us phenomenal minutes off the bench, shooting wise, defense wise. He could handle the rock. Um, you know, it's sad to see him go, but, you know, it's the type of move where, you know, I mean, hey, the league's a business. And, you know, as sad as it is to see him go, I think we definitely got a good return. Same thing with Dennis, man. I mean, we took a shot on Dennis, you know, after his, you know, free agency debacle. He played quite well for us, honestly. Just didn't fit. We covered this a bunch of times, you know. It's not that he wasn't a talented player, not that he couldn't do anything. It's just he wasn't the type of player we needed. Uh, so all the best to him in Houston. Hopefully, you know, he can actually get some minutes. And if not, hopefully, you know, they can find somewhere you know, find some resolution. I doubt he's a buyout candidate. He's probably a little bit too young for that, a little bit too good to be bought out. But if he doesn't get bought out, I hope he gets some uh, hope he gets some minutes down there in Houston to showcase that he deserves, you know, a pretty decent contract from a team who needs him. And then, uh, yeah, Romeo, lastly. I mean, yeah, I hope he develops, man. That's pretty much all I can say. I hope that he can, you know, figure something out in San Antonio that he evidently could not figure out here. And then uh, – yeah, Bruno Fernando, that's another hit to the vibes. But have you ever heard of the uh have you ever heard of the phrase Patrick's addition uh addition by subtraction? 
Yeah, that's how I feel about Ennis Freedom not being on our roster anymore, vibes-wise, basketball-wise. Uh, I'll have to not see, like, Tucker Carlson's face anymore. So, you know, I'm happy with him being off the team, uh, especially if, you know, it brings us back a guy I love in Daniel Tice. And also, yeah, if anyone wants to come up, ask questions, talk about the uh, deadline, you know, feel free to hit that speaker request button. You know, we haven't had a an episode where we've had time to, you know, uh, bring fans up on the stage. So if you want to, feel free to come up and Yes, absolutely. Uh, we'll be opening the floor up for questions here in a second as uh, I'll let the request come in. If you want to come up, go ahead and put in your request, and we'll get you guys up here one by one. You guys can ask some questions as well, and we can try to answer them. Um, before we do that, though, I do want to just kind of look at those five roster spots and, and kind of look at the landscape. I know we, we touched on Etwan Moore a little bit uh, as a potential guy. Um, I think there's some other guys out there that could potentially be a good fit as well. Uh, you know, we saw uh, the Nets waved their big man, Bembry. Is that how you say his last name? Bembry, right? Yes. 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 Um, he would be a, a nice solid fit in addition to the Celtics team. We can get him here on the minimum. The Celtics can only afford people on minimum, so they're not can't actually outbid anybody else in this market. They're going to just have to be like, hey, would you rather be in Boston at the minimum or somewhere else in the minimum? So it might be a little um, tighter as far as getting guys like that over. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what Brad has in store during this buyout. Yeah, definitely just some names to consider. You know, a guy like Gary Harris maybe, um, you know, who wasn't traded at the deadline for the Magic. He's, you know, aging, doesn't really fit their timeline or anything. He could get bought out. You know, I would be interested in him, you know, do just to a little bit of a shooting ability. I mean, I know people were floating the name Eric Bledsoe, definitely not somebody I'm interested in. And then also, um, I was going to say DJ Augustin Patrick, but we probably don't really uh, – need you know any small guards at that point we probably need more of a wing guy but those are just you know the most common names i'm seeing floated out right now um and then you know quite possibly this is my guy patrick and you'll remember from the summertime i was kind of caping for this guy you know sadaransky tomas sadaransky okay uh you know he he was potentially going to get bought out staying with the uh pelicans and uh, now that he's on the spurs he could potentially get get uh, bought out. So if he was bought out, I think he fits exactly into what we need off the bench. Wouldn't be asking too much of him, but uh, that's somebody I would monitor, but we will see, you know, who gets bought out. We can only play it by ear. And uh, honestly, it's not like that's going to break immediately anyway, the buyout market. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Celtics, you know, sign a couple guys on 10 days. I know everyone will be clamoring for Isaiah Thomas. I am firmly in the no in the no thank you camp for multiple different reasons that I would not like to rehash, um, but I would I wouldn't be surprised to see the Celtics pick up a couple ten days while they're trying to navigate the buyout market as it moves. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how Brad Stevens decides on what to kind of do to fill out these last five roster spots. But also got to give a shout out to Brad Stevens, man. He's he's been a GM for less than a year. And the amount of moves and aggression that he's kind of displayed has been pretty pretty phenomenal in my opinion. And I've I gotta say he's not valuing the the draft picks as much as Danny Ainge did in the past. And he's more willing to move off of certain things and improve the team. Uh I believe these moves are are really gonna show that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum that we're trying to put guys around them that fit to their play style and that can elevate and help them play better. 
Yeah, you know, that was pretty evident, I feel like, from the jump with Brad, is that, you know, Brad was in that not win-now mentality. He didn't want to, you know, oh, let's draft some more people to develop, so, you know, in a couple of years, we'll, no, nope, let's get certified NBA talent, like I mentioned earlier, players we know who have proven themselves. And uh, listen, as far as, you know, those draft picks are concerned, we gave up the 2022 pick, so this year, which will, you know, be in between, you know, 18 to 24. It's me being generous. That's a nice little generous range there. And uh, and then we also offered a 2028 pick swap, which basically just allows the Spurs, you know, the option of saying we would like the Celtics pick and they can have ours in 2028. And uh, honestly, you know, people, I understand it might be a little scary to give out a pick that far away since we don't know what's going to happen, um, you know, in six years. But let me just say this. If the Celtics are much worse than the Spurs, so much has gone wrong that, um, you know, that's just a bridge we should cross in 2028. So uh, I'm not super concerned about those picks, but it uh, looks like we have our first guest speaker today. Ashley, how are you? Hey, guys, I just had a quick question. Um, now that we see, right, we're obviously the buyout market is still there and um, we'll probably get some 10-day contracts here and there until we can – uh, figure out what we want to do with those extra roster spots. But with what we got now, and obviously Daniel Tyson, uh, Derek White, what do you think it looks like for matchups, you know, with those top contending teams in the East, like Philly and, uh, the you know, obviously the Nets now with Ben Simmons and the Bucks. Like, how do we uh, look um, matchup-wise? That's, that's a great question. Lucas, did you want to touch on that first, or you want me to go? I mean – I'll let you take it. And- yeah. Um, so as far as matchup wise goes in contention with the bigger teams, I think it's fair to say that this year we're not as good as some of the better teams in the East and not going to lie with the moves that Philly and Brooklyn just did. They really knocked it out of the park. I think both teams got better. They're both in our division. I think we got better. But I think their jumps are – they were already better in front of us. So it's like a team that's in front of us that got better and we got better. We're kind of just moving laterally up together as, as a group in this division. So I think it's going to be tough for us right now to really compete. But I do like the matchup-wise defensively. If this team can lock in on the defensive end, it could beat any team in the NBA. It's really on the offensive side that we have questions about. And like we stated earlier in the show – the whole shooting situation in Boston isn't the greatest, and I think that's going to be the Achilles heel that ends up really hurting the Celtics in any type of game against these contenders. If they're able to shoot hot, I think there's a good chance that they can take. Yeah, you know, uh, I pretty much echo a lot of things Patrick just said, Ashley, but, you know, depending on how the next, you know, week or so pans out with who we add to the bench, like if we added a guy like Bembry, you know, if Hauser ends up stepping up. I mean, I do think the Celtics have the capability to, you know, I'm not, I don't think we're a finals contending team, and I do think we're a tier below, um, you know, the top three, three, four teams, I would say, you know, Philly, Milwaukee, Miami, and Brooklyn. However, with that being said, I do think when you have two players as talented as Jason and Jalen, you know, along with the addition of Derek white. And if we can fill out our bench, uh, the Celtics are not going to be, be an easy out, you know, for anyone in the playoffs. I truly believe that. And, you know, there's a couple series where, you know, if we match up with the team, we have the best player, best two players. You know, I think we might be able to win a series that 
a lot of people might pick against us, but you know, I still think the second round, you know, maybe a surprise run to the conference finals. You know, maybe I shift my view up one round, but that's about it. Um, but I do feel much better about this team than I did, you know, say two months ago. Like, I think that's notable on the court. And now that we have some added new personnel, you know, mainly Derek White, I think this team has a little bit of a higher ceiling. than. Yeah, thank you for that question, Ashley. It looks like we got another person up here who would like to ask. Oh, yeah, another question. I have one more. Oh, go if you ahead. Guys yeah. um, I was thinking of, like, what how does this set us up for the future, right? Like, obviously, this year we're just looking at this year, but – um, I think we can all agree that for us to contend at some point, we're going to have to get a third star um, unless, you know, something emerges, you know, and I'm not saying that Rob isn't our third star, but um, it, it, we need to get a star that has the shooting potential. What does this look like for us in the future with what we gained today? So, yeah, I actually, uh, that's a good point. Actually, you know, a lot of people like that, uh, the idea of Bradley Beal, you know, he's coming out for his surgery. But uh, as far as what we did today helping us, you know, get set up for the future, I mean, Derek White is under team control for the next three seasons. He's making about $16 million, about $17.5, and about $19 million the next three seasons. So those are very tradable numbers. So, actually, I think it puts us in a good position, you know, in case we would like to package um, Derek White, Neesmith, you know, a younger guy, and then maybe a couple picks. And God forbid, Grant, you know, obviously I don't want to see him leave. But if we want to shoot for a big fish, you know, I think Derek White, you know, puts us in a good position to trade him for that third star. Or even maybe, you know, people aren't going to like this, but maybe trade Smart as opposed to Derek White for that third star. Um, so I actually think it does set us up pretty well for the future, um, you know, given how wonderful Derek White's con- Yeah, I, I also agree. Uh, that Derek White's contract is pretty favorable. We also got guys like Mark Marcus Smart now becomes a little bit more expendable in the future. Uh, I know we're big Marcus Smart guys here, but he's a really good trade piece at the end of the day with his contract, with what type of player he is. And I think when that third star becomes available, Boston can definitely be in the running for him. You got guys like Marcus Smart and Al Horford, whose contracts you can like match with that star and really pull in the third superstar. That's going to be the main focus now, right? So you're getting these pieces around Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Derek White could be here for a good top minute. He has a pretty long contract, a very favorable contract. We signed the extension to Robert Williams. We still have Jalen Brown for the next three years. You also have Jason Tam for the next four years. So the Celtics really put themselves in a really good financial flexibility by getting under the tax and not having to worry about this season uh, going over and have to pay the extra dollars. So you kind of could put the, that to ease in mind with the owners. But now it's like we're focused on this offseason. Who's that third star? Who's the third person we can get to pair up with the Jays? And what players are we going to get rid of without fully gutting the roster? And I think we could keep some of these good role players who are on good contracts um, while also bringing in a third star and giving up one of them or so, or two of them with some young guys. So uh, great question, Ashley. Again, we, we appreciate you um, coming and supporting the show like you always do. Thank you, guys. And, and thank you for the questions. And then it looks like we got another person up here, Lamar. Uh, welcome, Lamar. Hello, this is Lamar from the For the Culture Drag. My question to you is this. Do you see Derek White as being a long-term piece alongside the two Js for your franchise? And also, what cap implications can you see Derek White being for your team moving forward? 
I mean, you know, I do think, uh, I do think that it's more than likely. Thank you for the question, by the way, Lamar. I do think it's more than likely that White does end up sticking around, you know, due just to the, you know, team friendly nature of his contract and just the level of player he is. Like, I don't want to undersell, you know, how good of a player Derek White really is. Um, you know, he might be a little bit outshined by DeJounte Murray, you know, right now, but I think that's just, you know, that shouldn't take away from who Derek is personally as a player. Very hard-nosed, team-oriented guy who can play with the ball in his hands, with the ball out of his hands, is versatile on defense. So, you know, I would – if I had to wager Lamar, I would wager he would be on the Celtics, you know, for the future. And like I said, you know, his cap – you know, the cap implication really is not that bad. You know, uh, if we get off smart or like Patrick mentioned, Al, you know, definitely going to be enough room to bring in a uh, a third star. So thank you for the question. Appreciate you as always, Lamar. And go check out the For the Culture Draft on Spotify Green Room, one of the longest running shows in Green Room history and uh, something I love to attend. So, Yeah, man, uh, as far as flexibility goes, like we, we addressed earlier, as, as Lucas just echoed as well, I really do think that this – I could see Derek White being on this roster for, for some time. And I actually think getting Derek White – makes Marcus Smart more accessible for a trade in, in the offseason. And like Lucas and I always say, we, we love Marcus Smart. It's no diss at Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart's defense, his ability to play make this year and how he's really improved and embraced that role has been so greatly appreciated and a big reason for the streak that they're currently on. And I don't want to downplay Marcus Smart at all and make it seem like he's just going to be tossed out the window now. But uh, Derek White addition allows you to kind of have that ability to be a little bit more less of a hit if you were to get rid of Marcus Smart. So I do think Derek White can be on this team for a good foreseeable future. He might play out his contract here. But it all kind of depends on who becomes available and what that team prefers player wise you know if they prefer Derek White instead of Marcus Smart or they prefer Marcus Smart instead of Derek White it could be you know anything from that that kind of perspective thank you of course thank you Lamar. yes thank you appreciate you supporting appreciate the question and you know Patrick I don't know if you've seen but Derek White keeps a very nice uh, mustache and beard you know I wonder if he uh, uses Manscaped you know so uh, if he does you know shout out to him and then you can head on over to Manscaped. Use our promo code of Hoopball20 for 20% off your order. You know, maybe you'll figure out if you can get a goatee and a mustache as good as Derek White's. You know, I'm trying to get some brownie points with our new addition. Um, but, yeah, make sure you go on over to uh, Manscaped. Use Hoopball20 for 20% off your order. And hello, we have a longtime listener. Sean is here. Sean? Doing great. How are you guys? Cannot complain, Sean. I know. Um, so I'm a little late to the show, so I might have missed this. But did you guys talk about the starting lineup? If you guys think there will be any changes to the lineup now that we have uh, old man Tice back? Uh, just, you know, looking to hear what you guys think about that. Yeah, we can actually hit on that. Uh, Lucas, do you want to do start off on this one? You want? Yeah, so, you know, I think the starting lineup, Sean, will remain the, will remain the same, um, you know, with the same five we've had because they've been playing so well. But, you know, we touched a little bit earlier about how, like, it's going to be the closing lineup that I think we see we see change a little bit where Derek subs in for Al, you know, to close the game just because he offers, you know, an in, infinite amount of versatility on the offensive end compared to Al. No offense to Al. And uh, he is a very good defender in his own right. 
you know, being able to switch pretty much everything but a center onto everything but a center. So I think the closing lineup is more than what's going to change. Um, and, you know, honestly, Sean, this I didn't think of this till you brought it up, but, yeah, you know what, maybe Tice does start some games when Al needs rest or, you know, Al is managing, you know, load managing. Maybe Tice slides in there because, you know, he's used to it. So uh, that is potentially a possibility. But I would say for the most part, the starting lineup will probably. Also, I have more questions. Yeah, so uh, I, I do think that the starting lineup is also going to stay. you got to keep the starting lineup that's been working so well, one of the best net ratings in the whole entire league. Um, and on top of it, uh, I don't know as so much if Daniel Tice might slip into the starting lineup at times, but I think a guy that could possibly do that now is is Grant Williams. I can see Grant Williams getting the opportunity when Owl can't start or just needs less workload, and or if we're just trying to go a little bit smaller, you know, I, I could definitely see him slotting in at that power forward position, letting Robert Williams really take the handle at the center position, probably and, and kind likely. of get in. Like, probably it's more likely yeah. Grant starts than uh, than Tice. Now that you say that, it probably is more likely. But hey, I would love to see some starting Daniel Tice because you know Tice is nice. We we miss Tice, and we're really happy to yeah. see him back. But yeah. No, I was going to say um, in terms of like who else is left to fill up the positions, like how many spots are there open now? Three still that has to be filled up by NBA. Five. Five we have now? We have we have five open roster spots. We have 10 people currently signed to the roster, and we need to have at least 13 to. And did you guys talk about Sam Hauser yet? Because I'm not sure if you did. We sure did. We talked about how Sam Hauser is on a two-way contract and is probably the most likely guy to take the 11th spot as well as maybe getting like two 10-day contract guys while we are just kind of watching the landscape of the buyout market for potential candidates to take some minimal contracts because we can't afford anything over. Okay. Well, thank you. That's all the questions. Yeah, of course. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sean. If anybody else got any questions, your last chance to kind of give you guys an opportunity to come up here. I don't see any requests in the chat. Um, whoa, we got a we got another uh, another question, possibly from Lamar. Welcome back, Lamar. Okay, so my question and my another question for you would be this: What were your expectations for the Celtics' this trade deadline? Would you say they they were over? They went over your expectations just about, or did they underperform for you? Terrific question, Lamar. Terrific question. And uh, they definitely exceeded my expectations. Uh, my expectation today was move Dennis for somebody, you know, who can maybe shoot a little bit better and then a second round pick. And then we'll call it a day. But that is obviously not what happened. We traded for an actual impact player. As sad as it was to see Jay Rich go, you know, I didn't want to see that happen. But in this scenario, I'm okay with it. So. You know, I think that's a wonderful question, Lamar, and it definitely my my expectations were definitely exceeded, and I feel like Patrick. Um, yeah, man, I was I was kind of blown away with today, to be honest. Uh, if you would have told me the over under of two players being, you know, traded today, I probably would have taken the under and just said, you know, maybe it's Dennis and the young guy, right? Like Romeo, uh, and to see that we we traded a. Uh, a lot of different players today. And not only did we get under the tax line, but we also got rid of guys that we thought were going to get rid of like Dennis uh, really came out of shocker. Uh, I didn't think that this team was going to be able to improve and get under the tax all at once. So I, I really was just kind of expecting get under the tax and kind of stay the same and then address things in the off season. 
But uh, Brad Stevens, Blockbuster Brad, came out swinging today. I thought he did a lot of lot of great work of managing the finances while also trying to improve the team. So it, it what a great uh, trade deadline for the Boston Celtics. I, I'm very happy and pleased and shocked all at once. Yeah, well, like I said, exceeded no doubt. I think Brad deserves a lot of credit, you know, here in his first deadline. You know, they like to call him online. They like to call him Blockbuster Brad, Chad Stevens. Uh, definitely was not holding on to all of his assets like Danny Ainge. And I feel like that was a refreshing for a lot of Celtics fans. So, you know, I think, you know, the majority of Celtics fans you run into Lamar will be happy with this. And uh, the ones who aren't happy once they see Derek White play, they'll be happy. So I think this was a terrific trade deadline. And I got to give my guy Brad Stevens an A grade. Yeah, I would like to to say that to Brad has exceeded all expectations uh, in less than a year as a GM, and I'm very happy with what we did this trade deadline. And honestly, was more than I was even expecting. So I think me and Lucas are both shocked, but we're it's a good shock. So we are we're feeling good. the The vibes are up. We're on a really good win streak. We're climbing the rankings and the standings right now. We made some additions that that should improve the team. I'm hopeful that Derek White is going to be available tomorrow. I'm hoping that he can show up to the game. If not, we're going to be pretty limited on guys. We might be running out like an eight-man rotation uh, that's a little bit on the thinner side of things and, and really looking for some production from some, some guys who haven't been uh, asked to produce. Yeah, I really hope – I really, really hope Derek White can play because I would just be so excited um, you know, to see him play, especially in a game which is – you know, our first pretty big test in a while um, against the Nuggets, who have been playing some unbelievable offensive basketball lately. So it'll be good to get Derek White, you know, in the mix, help try and slow them down. And then we'll definitely need him for Sunday in that matchup against the Hawks, in which the Celtics pretty much need to win in sort of a revenge game. And, you know, we know how good Trey Young is, so all the guard defense we have could help. Um, so hopefully we see him Sunday if we don't get to see him Friday. Um, and I'm sure we will see him Sunday. So looking forward to that. And uh, Patrick, I mean, that about does it for, for me. I don't know if you got anything else you want to touch on. Yeah, I, I wanted to touch on just a little bit more here with just the trade deadline in general because there were some big moves in the, in the landscape. Yeah, I know we touched the interdivision, the Atlantic Division trade. Patrick. Yeah, we, we talked about it briefly. But uh, uh, what is your thoughts about what just transpired there uh, as far as the Nets and the Sixers. So I can give everyone the details of the trade. Is uh, It was finally happened. Ben Simmons was traded from the Sixers along with Seth Curry. Uh, I believe a one first-round draft pick and a second-round draft pick um, in exchange for James Harden. Um, so I think that Brooklyn improves greatly on defense with the addition of Ben Simmons. You know, he's a six foot ten all-NBA-level defender who can guard all five positions. Um, you know, we know what type of guy he is as a point guard. People like to get into, you know, his shooting, his lack of shooting. You know, obviously that was an issue, but, you know, I think his talent will trump everything when playing with a guy like Kevin Durant. Uh, Seth Curry, obviously an elite spot-up shooter. I think that's another good ad for Brooklyn. And then as far as the Philly side is concerned, I mean, you have two of the best offensive players in the NBA, no matter how you want to chop it up, uh, in Joel Embiid and James Harden playing together now. So, it's honestly a pretty formidable duo, and I think those teams improved, uh, and I think the Celtics are going to be in for some dogfights down the stretch against those two. 
Yeah, we might have to um, look at James Harden, the new sixer, when we play him here next week as well. Him and Joel Embiid are going to be a problem. Uh, and he also opted into a, another year of his extension of his contract. So he opt-ins to next season as well, which is like 40-something million dollars. So the Sixers are going to get him beyond the season as well. Just going to be a, another road uh, on the way through winning this division every year and, and really add a, a ripple into this. And you also still got the Toronto Raptors, who have been absolutely stunning as well um, through this season. I think that there's going to be a lot of possibilities with this landscape that this, this is going to put a little bit more pressure on the Celtics to improve and be a lot better uh, team overall. Also, it looks like we've got another speaker, uh, Ben. How's it going, man? What's up, Ben? Ben having some technical good difficulties, oh. maybe. Yeah, it looks like he might have some death. We'll try and get him on stage. We'll, like give him a, we'll give him a couple seconds here, see if we can get up here and ask questions. But, yeah, Patrick, I mean, the the Raptors themselves even made a little addition here, uh, you know, trading that expiring Goran Dragic for Thad Young. So even they improved a little bit. But it looks like Ben is back here. Ben. All right, we can hear you. Hey, say that again. Sorry, my, my buddy called. Oh, how's it going? Say that again. Uh, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good, bro. Pretty good. Um. Sorry, I had some technical difficulties when I first came up. Uh, what was y'all's? Uh, what was the person you guys were most surprised to see not move today? Was there anyone like that for you? That's a good question. In general, just in yeah. general. Are you talking league? about in general on the Celtics or in the league? Yeah, in general on 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 like every team. Like I feel like we did as much as like I thought we would do. So I was cool with ours. Mm-hmm. I think I think we did a great job. I mean. Listen, I, but, um, ben, I have to take this opportunity to talk about how the Lakers could not trade Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I mean, it's that's, not necessarily that's that I thought he was going to be traded, but the Lakers didn't make any moves, yeah. and honestly, the Knicks didn't make any moves either. That was the shocking one too, because they actually have guys they could have dealt. I, like, and yeah, yeah, no, I expected oh, no. Burks to be on the move, maybe a guy like Alec Burks. Um, or something, but no, apparently the Knicks a lot of fans wanted Kemba. A lot of fans wanted Kemba and Fournier out of there, which is hilarious. <laughs> uh, I think I think the the move I was really shocked that I didn't see was Charlotte moving on from PJ Washington. Uh, I saw that they were able to get Montrezl yes, Harrell. Um, right, Montrezl Harrell is end up in Charlotte, so it was kind of like, hmm, okay, so what's going on with? PJ Washington, he's got to be out of there now, right? Because they've been trying to move him. And he just ended up staying back. And also another guy that I thought would be moved is Rashawn Holmes from the Kings. Uh, that's, uh, you that's know, with Sabonis there now, it's, it's, they don't really need Rashawn's services as much. I thought they were going to move Rashawn Holmes, who's on a pretty good contract for the center. I thought he would end his, end his up over in Toronto possibly or somewhere else they would need a, a center. But he didn't get moved either. I thought they were going to trade him to address some shooting on the team. But I was kind of shocked to see those two. How about Bagley to the Pistons now? And if you think about it, the Kings passed up Luka Doncic to draft Dante DiVincenzo in the end. So good move by well, them. This might be a hot take, Ben, but I think DiVincenzo has more potential down the line than Luka You know what? That's no, a good point. Joking, of course, everybody. I'm joking. I mean, listen, <laughs> I like the move for the Pistons, um, but it is disappointing that, like you're saying, man, you passed on a potential it's, all-time uh, great to turn around and trade him for a guy who's like probably going to be the seventh, eighth best player on a championship team at best. So, uh, 
Yeah, rough looks for the Kings, man. Rough, rough, yeah. rough. There, yeah, and at least I mean, at least if I'm a Kings fan, I'm like, <clears throat> I'm torn up about the Tyrese thing. Like, I'm pissed, but like, I'm also trying to find some sort of positivity in the fact that they did look good in their first game with Sabonis. But I mean, they're also playing the Wolves. It's not like they're playing some crazy good team. Um, but just no direction yeah, for that team. I don't really understand. There's no direction. It seems like. Yeah. Well, we appreciate the question, Ben. Appreciate it as always, yep. man. Thank you for coming up. All right. Um, I do think that is uh, everything as far as we got to cover today. I don't see any more speaker requests, so we're going to call it here. We want to thank everybody for showing up into the Spotify green room and showing up for our trade deadline show. We wanted to come out and break some news with you guys, how to gather our thoughts and, and really just kind of lay out what the Celtics did today. It's going to be interesting to see how this team kind of works out and get all these signings on the the rest of the roster spots. But make sure you guys head over to Spotify. Give us that five-star review. Also head over to Apple Podcast, uh, Ethos Celtics. Uh, Make sure you guys go ahead and subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating and review. We appreciate all the people who come out and support us here on the app as well as going out to those platforms and showing us love. You can also follow us on Twitter at Ethos Celtics. Also follow Lucas at Luca underscore Gainer and me at Bond Opinion. Yes, sir. You know, like Patrick said, go on to Spotify, go on to Apple Podcasts. You can also check out our website uh, at sportsethos.com. You know, you can listen real easy through there. If that's easier for you, if you don't like the Apple Podcasts, you know, have Spotify, you know, you can just go straight to our website, get it right from the source. Um, and, you know, Patrick and I should be back here tomorrow. I'll, however, I will put a little disclaimer in there. I'm getting boosted, my booster vaccine tomorrow. So I might be wiped out. So it might be a Saturday or uh you know, pre-Super Bowl live show after the Hawks game on Sunday. But I'm hoping I won't be taken out too bad and I'll be able to record tomorrow because if Derek White plays, Pat, you know I'm going to want Yeah, man, we, we'll, we'll inject you with some some Red Bull or something, man, and we'll we'll try to tough it out. But uh, I think I'll definitely be be saying the intro on that day <laughs> if, uh, sure. once you get in a booster to bring in a podcast. Uh, I'll do my best to try to bring some of that energy uh, if Lucas is able to go, and, and we'll try to come at you with as much content as we can, as fast as we can. But we do appreciate everybody stopping by again, and just want to thank everybody from all our hearts. We really do appreciate all the love and support. Yes, sir. All right. We will talk to you this weekend. All right, Lucas. Later, man.